0: What is going on, Tecmo team? Andy here with the Tecmo bros coming at you, and we got Ben back, friend of the show. Ben, how are you doing, Ben?
1: Doing great, Andy. Happy to be back on the show.
0: Oh, it's good to have you. We we got such good numbers when we had Ben here last time. We absolutely had to bring him back, uh, and this time we're looking at a positional breakdown in the middle of the season. I think we're a week past the middle of the season, uh, and as we're heading towards the all-important fantasy playoffs, this is where we're going to really be looking at who exceeded expectations who could probably have a rough end of the year and who we might have ramping up to take you into your fantasy playoffs. So uh, what we're doing is just again, positional breakdown, but we're going to hit some quick news. There's not a whole ton fantasy related news, but first and foremost, the Arizona Cardinals are banged up. Kyler Murray, Deandre Hopkins, both not playing this weekend. Uh, They were out and they're considered day to day. So, I expect them to play this coming weekend. Um, That shouldn't be too much of an issue, but Chase Edmonds did have a high ankle sprain. He's going to be out four to six weeks. Uh, We're going to talk about James Conner a little bit in the running back segment, Uh, but the big news is OBJ officially was cut and sent through waivers by the Browns as of 9 central standard time. He has not been claimed by anyone and is a free agent. Ben, do you think he signs on anywhere? And if so, what's like a bold prediction you have where he's going to go.
1: Yeah. Um, I, my comment was going to be Andy, before you said that was, is that big news? Is it big news? That OBJ big news. Got cut for fantasy. Maybe it's relevant. So I'm going to actually, I'm an OBJ believer. Um, I have been an OBJ owner many times over the last three, four years, because there is just game breaking talent still in there somewhere. He's got elite quickness and burst still. Um, I, I could see OBJ having a lot of success. If he goes somewhere that he's not the only option, uh supposedly there's been some noise about him going to Seattle you put him with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson coming back slinging it to those guys holy crap um I could see that being really great but at 29 I don't think that OBJ is a guy who can carry an offense anymore um it it just didn't quite work with Baker didn't work in New York you know I think it would have to be the right situation for him to be truly fantasy relevant again. And, uh, that, that, that's what I think. If, if he goes to the right situation, think like Antonio Brown ending up in Tampa Bay with Brady. I think it could be, it, he could have some really nice weeks, but if for whatever reason he ends up in, gosh, I don't know, Miami, uh, not going to see an OBJ renaissance.
0: Well, the crazy thing now is because he passed all the way through waivers, so no one's got a claim, so he's officially a free agent, so he can pick now where he chooses. So, like, we kind of joked, like, what if he ends up as a Lion? They've got waiver priority number one, but uh, if the Lions came with an offer, I doubt he would take it because he's looking to be on a contender, on a playoff team with a better quarterback, I assume. I know that's... we live, in, we live in Green Bay here, and I know there's a huge Twitter push right now that OBJ should go to Green Bay and be the second wide receiver on Green Bay, which I think could be feasible. Uh, but I don't think that the Packers necessarily need him with how they typically game plan. But any, anybody adding OBJ as a second pass-catching option I think could be something special, right?
1: No, I, I think that it could be. I think Aaron Rodgers would be a great option for a guy like OBJ um so that that would be good i think the big reason to get claimed though is just contract stuff they would have to pay like the remaining four million dollars on his contract and
0: but if you can't afford okay. four million for obj like i mean that, that yeah, seems but, like a discount for a rental for the season right
1: i mean but still you're thinking of obj like he's just gonna come out and put it put out 2017 obj numbers.
0: that's true and he's just not so it, we're, we're gonna follow while, that closely yeah. We're going to follow it closely. We'll see where he ends up. Uh, But the bulk of the show, the part that I'm most excited about is uh, we've got top 10 positional rankings, uh, QB, running back, wide receiver, tight end. We're going to get into that. We're going to let you know what we think about where we're at after week nine. So starting at quarterback and it's, it's been a, a year that we got most of who we expected, I think in the top 10 with just, you know, a couple of those surprises. So uh, the game we're going to play here is uh, out of the top 10, we're going to pick one player that surprised us that is there. One player we think is going to fall out of the top 10 uh, by the end of the season and one player we think will get into the top 10. So this is just kind of an exercise in our predictions and where we were. Uh, we did, I have these listed actually, but as points per game. So not just standard quarterback rankings, like this is not just total points it's points per game. So uh, just to, account for that bye week essentially so let's read off the top 10 and and we'll kind of let you know where we're sitting so top 10 quarterbacks tom brady number one lamar's number two josh allen number three justin herbert at four kyler murray five jalen hurts six matt stafford seven dak prescott eight patrick mahomes at nine and Kirk cousins rounding it out at 10 so i mean first thing that i look at is patrick mahomes at nine is kind of a interesting number because we hold him in such high esteem but let's just start right away ben what's one player that surprised you that's in the top 10 currently
1: man i'm not surprised he's in the top 10 so i fudged a little bit on this one but number one 44 years old year is it 22 i don't even know anymore um like tom brady leading the way over guys like lamar jackson josh allen justin herbert Like, he's darn near beating guys who weren't alive when uh, he made it into the league. And it just absolutely blows my mind that the year is 2021. We're halfway through a fantasy season. And Tom Brady is number one in points per game. I, I, I just, I can hardly fathom it. Tom Brady wasn't even in what we would think of as a normal prime, a great fantasy quarterback. No. And so now he's somehow gotten better and better um, as a fantasy player over his career into his 40s. It's incredible. I'm shocked that Tom Brady is performing as well as he is in one sense. And in another sense, I'm not because he's one of the greatest athletes in the history of professional sports. But it just blew my mind when you sent me this list and Tom Brady was number one. So I had to call that out. If I'm gonna go with um, another guy who's surprising me uh, that he's on here, um, it, it's Jalen Hurts. Just because I don't think that he has the the throwing talent level of the rest of this group, but we're gonna talk a little bit more about him later. So, what was your pick, Andy?
0: Well, the one that surprised me, and I guess maybe I'm I'm cheating a little bit, but Kirk Cousins in the top ten at points per game at I mean at ten, so he just snuck in there. Uh, but, man, I don't – like, Kirk Cousins is one of those interesting cases where you feel like he's got the tools and he has the team around him to make it happen, uh, but he just – he literally disappears so often uh, that I couldn't even imagine him in the top ten. So every quarterback has a down game, and you're you're budgeting for these down games, sure. Like, you know, even Jalen Hurts, who is averaging 22.1 points, has a couple back-to-back weeks of – low teens. So like there's going to be down games, but Kirk cousins typically had them more and I'm shocked to see him in the top 10. So I just, when I was typing this list out I saw him there, I could not even remotely believe he, I thought it'd be somebody else than Kirk cousins, which is just normally the case.
1: So I'm surprised by Kirk cousins too, but I have to say you look at Kirk cousins weapons, man. He gets to drop the ball off to Dalvin He's got an aging but still red zone dominant Adam Thielen, K.J. Osborne emerging, Justin Jefferson, one of the probably five most young, talented wide receivers in the league. I, there's a lot of weapons on that team. I You know, Kurt, Kurt being somewhere in like the 10 to 14 range feels right about right for me.
0: That's fair. Well, I want to get into your uh, Jalen Hurts. Thoughts Because I think next we are doing the uh, one that's going to fall out of the top 10. And I would pay extra money to listen to to Ben here discuss his feelings for Jalen Hurts.
1: I am absolutely unapologetically, without a doubt, a Jalen Hurts hater. Uh, I think that Jalen Hurts, as a passer, is a bottom five quarterback in the NFL, starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, I think he struggles to read coverages. I think even when he has guys in one-on-one battles, he just really struggles to put the ball right on guys. Um, And just consistently, I feel like the Eagles offense is underperforming some of the talent level of the other pieces on that team because Jalen hurts doesn't have the appropriate arm talent and just, understanding of of NFL offense to be able to elevate the players around him or honestly even allow them to play to their true talent level. They just he just he's just not making the types of throws that allow NFL quarterbacks to succeed in the long term.
0: I can see that and I I see it as well. The the bulk of his fantasy production comes from his rushing floor and When teams are going to eventually take that away from him, they they're going to make him pass. And we saw that he can very rarely make some good passes. But the majority of it is definitely his rushing floor, much like Lamar. But I've been surprised at how far Lamar has come with his arm this year. And I think he's definitely changed my mind about how well he does in terms of his pass attack in Baltimore. Uh, I'm taking the cheap way out. My guy that's going to fall out is going to be Kirk Cousins right on number 10. Uh, I promise it won't be this cheeky for the rest of the list, but I just see other quarterbacks on the list that I think are going to jump them and Kirk Cousins will most likely fall out of the top 10 by year's end. And that's understandable. Uh, let's jump into who Ben thinks is going to sneak his way into the top 10.
1: So I've got a little bit of a surprise on this one, I think. Um, I'm actually, I almost went with Russ, but I actually think it's going to be Carson Wentz. I've been really impressed when I have seen the Colts, albeit that one horrific interception he had a couple, <laughs> couple weeks ago, where he threw it with his offhand to the guy. But other than that, I think he's making really good decisions. Wentz has always had significant arm talents and just an ability to make big plays, put the ball where only 5, 10 guys in the league can. And a huge reason why I think that Wentz is going to rise up here is I really like some of his young emerging weapons. He can drop the ball off to Jonathan Taylor, and he can just go get you 50 yards. There you go, Carson. Michael Pittman uh, is emerging in a big, big way uh, in his second year in the league here. And, you know, I think he's got some good options at tight end and Doyle and Allie Cox. I think there's just some solid weapons around him. And I think Carson's going to continue to give him the ball. And the the real kicker is the Colts might have the best O-line in the league. Oh, Um, absolutely. There's a reason Naeem Hines can run wild behind that line. And uh, and they're going to keep him upright, and that's something that the Eagles have st- struggled to do when Wentz was there. It's part of why he was always hurt. And I think you give a, a smart, big-armed guy like Carson some time, and he's going to continue to pick apart defenses if he stays healthy. I think that both he and the Colts are looking at a really nice second half of the year.
0: I think it's nice to see him just doing well again. Like it was, it was rough to watch him be so great and then just completely fall off the face of the earth last year and a half. And it's just good to see him playing good football um, guys that uh, I think your guy rather that I think is going to jump into the top 10. I wanted to put Matt Ryan just because I love Matt Ryan, but realistically speaking, it's not going to be Matt Ryan. Uh, even though he had a great game last week against the saints, I was not expecting that. Uh, and I benched him in quite a few places and that hurt my heart quite a bit. But my guy, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Green Bay Packers, I think he sneaks into the top 10. Ultimately, uh, he's going to continue to force feed the ball to Devontae. Um, Aaron Jones is still a great receiving running back as well. Dylan's in his own right. Um, I think he's going to leapfrog currently Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins. I think he'll jump in there. He's only a couple spots away. Um, Before last weekend and I had this list, I really wanted to say Joe Burrow was going to sneak his way into the top 10 but watching that last weekend uh, against the Browns got me a little shaky uh, on his top 10 status, but I think he's still going to be fine. He'll be top 15 probably, but uh, yeah, quarterbacks, not a ton. The the super surprising stuff comes comes later here in, in the running back section. So let's just uh, scoot on over. Real
1: quick, Andy, one last thing yeah. uh, on my Jalen Hurts points, 45% of Jalen Hurts' fantasy points right now are coming in the fourth quarter. That's how... Uh,
0: garbage does. time. Garbage time Jalen Hurts.
1: It's... Well, Blake Bortles did it one year in a way that was just unfathomably great. Um, and everybody benefits from it. Uh, Jalen Hurts is living in garbage time. It's not good for actually winning football games, which is what he's supposed to go out there and do. Eagles haven't been great at that. Um, so... I don't think that that will continue. And I think he may lose his job. So,
0: Oh, and we'll have Minshew Mania back again.
1: That would be delightful.
0: I, for one, cannot wait. Uh, But let's jump on to running backs. All right. Running backs. This is interesting. Uh, I did take Derek Henry out of the top 10 already. He was number one, clearly. Uh, averaging 23 points a game in a half PPR format. And that is just monstrous. Uh, so we did just bump him, and we can't take the easy way out that uh, Derrick Henry is going to fall out of the top 10. Because even if that was the case, I'm not entirely positive he would fall out of the top 10 uh, by the end of the year. So Derrick Henry's a monster. Looking at running backs uh, one through 10, Jonathan Taylor at one, Eckler two, Kamara at three, Najee Harris four. Cordero Patterson at five Nick Chubb at six Joe Mixon seven Zeke at eight Christian McCaffrey nine and Kareem Hunt rounds it out at 10 Uh, I did say that uh, in this list with one exception all these players have played at least five games this season Um, the exception comes in the tight end list but Ben who has surprised you landing in the top 10 this year
1: I mean, I feel like you gave me a layup on this one, Andy. <laughs> Daryl Patterson,
0: Unreal. top 10
1: in anything outside a kick return yardage, has um, got to be blowing everybody's mind. He has been fantastic for Atlanta, arguably their best offensive player um, through the first nine weeks of the year. He's been great every week since week two, um, just consistent. Going out, catching five passes, running the ball seven to twelve times, scoring touchdowns, making big plays—essentially won them the game uh, yeah. on Sunday. Yeah, like he's proving that that he is absolutely a playmaker. With um, Ridley out for, I'm guessing the rest of the year. Undetermined. Honestly, I yeah. hope that Calvin Ridley sits out the rest of the year. Calvin Ridley, if you're listening. One wow, that'd be freaking awesome for the Tecmo Bros. <laughs> and two, uh, man, take some time get get your mental health right. That's that stuff's important. Um, and I, I hope that he does what he needs to do to get his life right, so he can be a great ten year starter for the Falcons come next year. But anyway, Cordero, the opportunities there, the versatility's there. Like it, I just. Didn't we all think that he could be really, really good, right? He's one of those guys, like a Tavon Austin, where we're like, that guy should be good, and he just was never really that good. And now, finally, at the age of 30, he's getting the opportunity, and he's good.
0: Arthur Smith has unlocked Cordero's potential, and that is crazy to think about. So here's an interesting question. Can you even – so because in most platforms he can start at running back or receiver – Is it weird putting him at, you know, RB6 effectively with, you know, Derrick Henry still factored in or should he be in the wide receiver category or what do you think about that?
1: You know, I think that just because of the dearth of quality running backs um, out there and a lot of teams, he's probably starting at running back more often than he's starting at wide receiver um, just cause there's so many more wide receiver options I feel like. And so I'm fine with, uh, with, you know, playing him at running back, um, and, and having him be there. That doesn't, that doesn't bother me. He is getting a fair amount of carries in addition to, to running patterns. A lot of fantasy formats are allowing him to be either a wide receiver or a mm-hmm. running back. And I think that's exactly how it should be. Allow the man to be where he plays. And, uh, I think it's great.
0: Love it. We'll jump into my surprise, Uh, and it might be weird. Joe Mixon was my surprise. Uh, I feel like Joe Mixon specifically, I've been burned by Joe Mixon so often just for the past so many years that thinking of him as a top 10 option was something that I, I couldn't fathom myself. So, I mean, I had him in my top 15 outside the top 10 for sure. I just thought that other players would take that top 10 spot and seeing him do as well as he has been doing. It's hey, I'm super excited to see him do so well just because I think he's a great player, but I didn't expect him to be in the top 10. I drafted him as like an RB2. I, I didn't feel comfortable having Joe Mixon as my running back one on my team. Uh, so to see him at RB7 is nice to see. So Ben, who's your who's your player that's going to fall out of the top 10?
1: So a player that's going to fall out of the top 10, again, on this one, I feel like I kind of took the layup Um, For me, it's Kareem Hunt. So with him struggling to uh, return from injury and Chubb just going off um, the last week, I think we're going to see more of that. I think Nick Chubb is top three talent in terms of NFL running backs. I think that he is going to get more of the work. And I think that when Hunt comes back, he'll probably see less than he was seeing before. Um, That's going to be my guess, just because Chubb is going to look so dominant that they're going to have a tough time um, limiting him by getting Kareem Hunt the ball. Uh, And so I think that he will fall out even as he does return from injury. Uh, I'm going Kareem.
0: Awesome. Well, so I was going to take the easy way out and also take Kareem, uh, which I still am for because that's that's the obvious answer. Uh, so I'm actually going to pivot, and I'm going to give two guys that I think could sneak into the top ten, just because I couldn't make up my mind, and I feel like I want to say them both. So one of my guys is DeAndre Swift. I know that you're not exactly a Swift guy necessarily. Uh, strictly on half point PPR or full point PPR in those formats, DeAndre Swift is seeing just so many targets, and he's the most talented back on that team. He's he's the fantasy weapon on the lions uh so i think deandre swift tj hawkinson
1: hit. has something to say to you right now
0: we we will talk about tj hawkinson later in the tight end section uh he's just gonna see so much volume that it's hard to think he's not going to somehow finish at the top 10 running back uh but that's just my thoughts ben i know you're not a deandre swift guy but who do you think is going to get in to the top 10
1: yeah, um, absolutely, and this is going to feel like a Johnny-come-lately pick, but I went with James Conner. Uh, with with Edmonds going out and that Cardinals offense being explosive, I think he's going to get a lot of opportunity. Um, he's getting a fair amount of red zone work there. I think he's going to catch some passes. Um, Kyler likes to dump the ball off, and I think that James Conner is going to prove to people – over the next six to eight weeks that he probably never should have lost his job in Pittsburgh um, and that he is a talented player. I feel like he never quite got uh, what he was due uh, before, but the dude runs tough. He runs hard. Uh, he just produces when he's out there. And I think that they'll that they'll ride him uh, a bit more than people are expecting. And I'm saying right now, over the next six weeks, number one running back in just terms of volume with Derrick Henry out will be James Conner, and I think he rides that to a
0: top-10 performance. I I will admit that I swung hard and missed on James Conner this year. I thought he would be nothing, nothing worth really looking at. Maybe like a good flex RB3 situation, uh, but he's, he's doing like his best LeGarrette Blunt impression where he's just scoring touchdowns every week, like clockwork, so... Uh, James Conner, I'm a fan of. I'm going to give one more honorable mention. Uh, I think David Montgomery could end as a top 10 back. He's got a great schedule coming up, especially for fantasy playoffs. We talked about him a couple of weeks ago when Ben was on the show. Uh, David Montgomery you know, came back from his knee his sprain uh, yesterday against the Steelers, and he was the guy. He played 90% of the running back snaps. He's not sharing with anybody, really. You know Damian Williams, out of it. Khalil Herbert, talented, but the clear number two. So as the Bears slowly unlock their offense, and and I will admit Justin Fields looked probably the best he's looked all season yesterday. Uh, With that being said, unlocking David Montgomery, unlocking Justin Fields, there's a good chance he ends the year as a top 10 running back. Do you have anything to say about that, Ben?
1: Yeah. No, I'm a David Montgomery believer. I think that Montgomery's talented. Um, and I think that the bears offense as field starts to get right, um, and just get more experience. I, I, well, I don't know if his progress will be completely linear. I think there will still be weeks that he has two, three interceptions and things like that will happen. Um, but I do think that they will ride Montgomery pretty hard. Um, and yeah, I think that he'll produce, I think you can expect to see him climb this list. But I don't think he's going to climb it enough to crack the top 10.
0: That's fair. Uh, We're going to move on to wide receivers, and I think this will be one of the better segments of the show. So Ben informed me before the show even started recording that he was picking a guy that I'm a big fan of, because obviously I have him on my Dynasty roster, uh, that he was going to be the guy who he was surprised or was going to fall out. Of the top 10, so let's just jump into it. And I want to hear Ben tell me who is one player he was surprised was in the top 10.
1: Dude, that I was surprised is in the top 10. Antonio freaking Brown, right? What year is this? Is it 2016? Like, I, you know, Antonio Brown, I thought that he was still talented, but I did not expect to see him. Just go on primetime TV and just torch guys uh, at this stage of his career. He absolutely has done it. He's clearly a Hall of Fame level talent. I'm not saying he'll get there, but to be able to continue producing at this age, that one really surprised me. I did not have Antonio Brown any higher than a wide receiver three. Heck, not even any higher than a wide receiver three on his own team um let alone uh let alone in fantasy so i i was stunned honestly andy when i looked at this list and saw his name was on there i knew he'd been performing pretty well but i i didn't think it was that good um and so it really blew me away
0: so just to clarify for all listening the top 10 that i didn't mention yet cooper cup is number one with just what a season he's having uh, two is Debo Samuel, three is Tyreek Hill, four, Jamar Chase, five is where Antonio Brown landed, surprising our friend Ben here. Six is Marquise Brown, seven, DK Metcalf, eight, Devontae Adams, nine, Mike Evans, and 10, Chris Godwin. The craziest part of that top 10 list to me is that Antonio Brown is the number one points per game receiver on his team. And he was routinely going in like redrafts and dynasty startups in like eighth, to 11th round depending on where he kind of fell there and to get that kind of value out of what is supposed to be a wide receiver three is very very crazy uh i would argue
1: after uh cordero he is the biggest surprise on this list wouldn't you say so
0: it, definitely up there uh i know for me one big thing that surprised me was debo samuel being so high that's my surprise Currently, wide receiver two. And the reason why he's like, I love Debo. I think he's tremendously talented. The biggest question mark was like, Brandon Ayuk was a thing last year and, you know, a healthy George Kittle commands target. So I thought that Ayuk and Debo would be sharing a bit more. But with the entire situation with Ayuk just disappearing like crazy this year, Debo became the guy and Kittle being hurt, obviously. So he's second in points per game only at a Cooper Cup. Uh, And just a a weird quarterback situation happening in San Francisco. It's like Jimmy G, maybe Trey Lance when he's healthy, weird packages for Trey Lance. Uh, Just the fact that Debo is, he's like the yak king. He just catches it after five yards and takes it for 80. It's just that just, he's a tremendous talent, but it surprised me to see him this high on the list. So that's kind of my thought process on it. Um, Looking at it, who's going to fall out of it, Ben? So this is the
1: one that I let Andy know ahead of time. I was like, hey, I know this is kind of one of your guys, buddy, but the guy who's going to fall out is Jamar Chase. And it has zero to do with me being a Jamar Chase hater. Uh, I think Jamar Chase is fantastic. I think Jamar Chase is super talented. I feel the opposite about Jamar Chase. I feel about Jalen Hurts in terms of their ability to be excellent at playing football in the NFL. But Jamar Chase has busted off just some absolutely massive plays in so many games. And guess what? This is not high school football. This is the freaking National Football League. And guys don't normally break off a 50-yarder seemingly every week like Jamar Chase was doing in the beginning of the year. Um, And, you know, right now, the last couple weeks, he's got a long of last week of 21 yards, a long on Sunday of 15. The targets were still strong, 13 and 9. Like, Jamar Chase is going to be good. But he's not going to have massive explosive plays every week because you just can't, right? Defenses are able to take that away. We're seeing Tyreek Hill dealing with that right now. Um, and Jamar Chase will still finish, I'd say, top 15, but will fall out of the top 10.
0: That's a fair point. And I'm not mad. I appreciate you being honest. That's, that's why I have you on this show. I love it. Uh, my guy who's going to fall out uh, is Marquise Hollywood Brown. And he's been he equal parts surprise and going to fall out top 10 strictly for me because Rashad Bateman's back now. He's healthy. Mark Andrews is still there and he's a thing. And it really does seem like with this patchwork running game, Devonta Freeman is looking like he's got some juice left. So my guess is just that hopefully as the running game attempts go up, the targets go down just because you're not going to have to throw the ball as much. Again, this could be just me hoping. I don't know why I'm hoping someone falls out of the top 10, but uh, he surprised me as well this year. I think he was just definitely a product of the opportunity being really the only receiver. Cause like, what's a Sammy Watkins going to do? Willie Sneed, who knows? Like between him and Mandrews, it really, re- like I can't see Marquise Brown ending as a top 10. Uh, I think his big, much like Jam- Jamar Chase, Brown's got these huge bomb touchdowns. It was almost like one a week at some point. Uh, I don't think it's sustainable. I know we, we use the, the sustainability argument with Cooper Cup, but it's working for him. I just can't see it working for Marquise Brown. That's my guy who's going to fall out of the top 10. Uh, might yeah, be irrational. That's
1: a, a decent bet, just to give a little more commentary on that. If there's one guy in the league who I feel like has benefited from just some incredible game scripts – it is anybody who is a Baltimore Ravens pass catcher. And really, we see that both on the list with Brown and with Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. They are too good of a team to be falling behind by two and three touchdowns. They've done it like three times now. It's meant that Lamar is just either running it himself or chucking it a lot. It's the exact opposite of what John Harbaugh wants to do with this football team. Um, and I think that they are actually a pretty good football team. I think they'll figure it out. I think you'll see them run the ball 40-plus times in a few different games here toward the end of the year. And uh, if I had to pick a second guy to fall out, you nailed it. So
0: There you go. Uh, Dazzle us, though, Ben, with who is going to go into the top 10 by the end of the year? So
1: breaking into the top 10, I can't believe this is how it worked out, but I have a theme of going with the Indianapolis Colts, Michael Pittman Jr., I don't know if you folks are actually watching any Colts games and what Michael Pittman Jr. is doing, but this guy is just going out there, catching freaking everything close to him, breaking off big plays, scoring touchdowns. I feel like he's really just emerging on the scene. He's getting more and more targets every week. It appears that him and Wentz have some nice chemistry going. And the guy is just a beast. Um, and I think that he'll climb this list, get himself into the top 10. Um, the only thing that scares me a little bit is that the Colts like to run the ball in the red zone. But uh, I think that he will have enough touchdowns and get, uh, and, and get into the top 10.
0: Love it. I know you've been after him for, for quite some time. So,
1: Man, side note, there is a guy who will go unnamed, And a league that I am in with Andy, who has Michael Pittman, who is just completely stoning me on trade offers, meaning he won't even respond. Just total fantasy rudeness elicited toward me. Maybe he doesn't like my Michael Pittman offers, but I have been felt very discouraged as I tried hard to get Michael Pittman. And now really, I will never get him because he is emerging. His talent is rising to the top. And uh, and I'm sad, as that's a dynasty league, and I wanted to watch Michael Pittman score me a zillion points a week for the next eight years. But
0: as they say, the buy window has closed.
1: Absolutely, my friends.
0: My guy jumping into the top ten might be wishful thinking, because I have him almost everywhere. Is Deontay Johnson? Uh, he is clearly the best pass catcher on the Steelers, and given Big Ben's limitations, you know Deontay's the guy. And we see that Claypool can't, you know, he's not as consistent as he was last year. You know, he's getting hurt here and there. Uh, You know, Najee's great, but like really it's, it's Najee and Deontay. And then we'll talk a little bit about another guy in the tight end section, but Deontay, the volume is there and the Steelers aren't going to have weeks just like uh, yesterday where they're beating up on the bears and they don't have to pass the ball. Deontay is going to see double digit targets every week. The drop issues from last year are gone. They're non-existent. You can't use that argument anymore. Uh, I just see him really just volume-wise leapfrogging into the top 10, Uh, but that might be biased because I have him almost everywhere.
1: Andy, are you a little concerned that he's playing with maybe a bottom eight starting quarterback?
0: Yeah. I mean, Ben's not great. Like, if you look at the quarterback list, I did finish out the top 20 on our little Google Doc here. And Ben's not there at all. Like Ben's losing out to Taylor Heineke, Teddy Bridgewater, Daniel Jones. And that that's a problem. I I will admit. And clearly what they're doing is they've benefited a ton. If you watch these condensed games, because it's hard to watch Pittsburgh Steelers games, they're benefiting a lot from just huge PI calls where they're gaining 30 to 40 yards. So it's not Ben even passing the ball to get there. It's them getting their benefit of penalty. And then they just pounded in with Najee or maybe like a little fade to Deontay or something. Uh, so it concerns me that a lot of their gain isn't actually Ben passing the ball or even Najee running the ball. It's these weird pass interference situations, but it's, it's something to be said about the best guy on a, a mediocre team because the Steelers are not a bad team. They're not a bad football team. But they're not a great offensive football team. So that does limit it a little bit. But if you're looking at other guys that are on this list, like, you know, Terry McLaurin, Amari Cooper, Robert Woods, like, yeah, I like Deontay to to keep on climbing. And with Gronk coming back, which we'll talk about in the tight end section, I think it's gonna knock the Tampa pass catchers out a little bit, just of their opportunities. So not that it's makes Tampa pass catchers any worse. So just scoring wise, I think Deontay is going to be more consistent in my opinion.
1: Fair enough. On to the tight ends.
0: On to the tight ends. All right. Tight ends. This is fun. Tight ends. There's that weird thing in tight end land where the break between like the top five tight ends is so vast in terms of talent that you're going to see some weird names popping up on this top 10 list. So top 10 at the position currently points per game. The one exception, like I mentioned that, you know, I said you had to play five games. Gronk has played four games, uh, but he's still on this list. Cause I feel like I had to at least include him still. Uh, number one is Kelsey. No surprise to anyone. Two is Gronk. Three Mark Andrews Four, Dawson Knox five, Darren Waller, six, TJ Hawkinson, seven, George Kittle, eight, Mike Isicki, nine, your boy Dalton Schultz, and ten, Kyle Pitts. So that is your top ten tight ends currently. Ben, who do you think is one player that surprised you that fell into the top ten so far?
1: Yeah, guy who surprised me in the top ten? Absolutely, Dawson Knox. Um, You know, that Buffalo offense – I thought they were going to throw the ball around, sling it a lot. Thought this might be the Gabriel Davis breakout year. Um, Figured that Diggs would continue to do it. And uh, did not see Dawson Knox emerging as a top five fantasy tight end. Um, Very, very surprised by that. I will say, and this is something to always remember when, when looking at tight ends, he's had a couple really big plays. And that and that bumps you a ton at tight end whether just just the amount of points scored, just looking at this list, it's about five, six points less, right, per slot than the guys who are at wide receiver and running back. And so it's just something to keep your eyes peeled for when you've got a tight end that rips off a couple big ones. They can get a little overinflated. But Dawson Knox, he earned it top five fantasy tight end halfway through the year.
0: It's crazy. I remember watching, I want to say it was the Chiefs game where just he had like two broken coverages for like a 50 yard gainer and then like a 60 yard touchdown or something in one game. just like a random 25 point Dawson Knox week, and You can't count on broken coverage every week. Uh, not all defenses are as bad as the Chiefs are. So agreed Dawson Knox was definitely. I liked him a lot preseason. I, I tried to get him in a lot of places, but I. I didn't expect this level of production. I expected him to be fine. Like Again, he could sub in for like Darren Waller on a bye week or something, but didn't expect to possibly start Dawson Knox over Darren Waller, which is what you should possibly be doing by this list, apparently. A uh, guy who surprises me because I've been burned by him so often, much like Joe Mixon, uh, Mike Gusecki just shocked me a little bit. Uh, I felt like every time I plug Gusecki into my lineup, it's zero points he'll just disappear and then I finally bench him and then he goes off for like three touchdowns so he's doing great this year he's a, he's a freak athlete he's a possession machine uh, he surprised me because I thought with the additions of Waddle and Will Fuller and Devontae Parker being healthy I thought that where would you even have space for Mike Gesicki to be on the team and be productive so uh, definitely caught me by surprise didn't think that Tua liked throwing to the tight ends that much but uh, right now, definitely a, a perfectly fine start uh, on the Miami Dolphins. So, who's a guy for Ben that uh, is going to fall out of the top? Yeah. 10?
1: So, I went with the repeat pick on this one. For me, it is going to be Dawson Knox. Uh, a, a big chunk of his scoring, as Andy mentioned, comes on really like three plays. He's got uh, the two big plays against the Chiefs and then another long touchdown. And, uh, I I don't see him continuing to produce in a way that will allow him to to keep his lofty top 10 perch. And I just think that Buffalo has some other pass catchers that are going to emerge. I almost went with a wide receiver that was outside the top 20, cracking the top 10 in Stefan Diggs, who I just think is really, really good. I think you'll see some other Buffalo pass catchers just start to see a little more love than Dawson Knox and The reality is, as well, tight ends get banged up. Um, We see this every year. They get injured a fair amount. And I I just don't know if Dawson Knox is going to be able to to have the health to really come back and be a a consistent force in the second half of the year.
0: So I uh, much like uh, Mr. Ben here, Dawson Knox is the clear, obvious choice. And I feel like that has to be my answer as well. So we're going to do the exact same thing that I did in the running back situation. I'm going to pick two guys that I think could get into the top 10. Cause there's a lot of talent outside the top 10. Uh, so Dawson Knox was my faller as well. I'm going to jump right into one guy that I think could get in uh, that's Hunter Henry, which is a name that a lot of people forgot, but he's clearly emerged as Mac Jones favorite passing target. And You know how much the New England Patriots like to throw to the tight ends, especially in the red zone. He's finally been healthy this year, and he's pretty much become what we thought he could be on the Chargers if he would have been healthy. Um, Name a New England pass catcher that you like more than Hunter Henry. I can't think of one. And I think that with the steady uptick in Mac Jones passing and looking good while doing it, Hunter Henry is a viable fantasy option that I think could sneak his way into the top 10. Ben, who's your yeah. sneaking so, in?
1: I actually also picked two guys here as well, um, who I thought could sneak their way back into the top 10. Um, the other faller, if I had to pick a faller, would be, would be Dalton Schultz, even though it pains me to admit it. Um, we'll see if he can keep it going in that.
0: Well, Blake Jarwin's on the Dallas IR now, office. though, right? I'm sorry? Blake Jarwin's on the IR now, right?
1: Blake Jarwin on the IR, but I think with Michael Gallup coming back, um Dak will lean on his wide receivers a little bit more maybe a little less schultz volume um, moving forward but jarwin did vulture a couple touchdowns away at the tight end position so we'll see about that but i i just don't know still a solid fantasy play but i don't know if he'll be able to hang on to a tight end spot he's sitting there at number nine right now um first guy who i think could rise up and take it is dallas goddard Uh, He is no longer having to share as many tight end reps with Zach Ertz. I think he's just a a guy who has all the ability in the world to get it done. And when you are Jalen Hurts and don't have the greatest accuracy in the world, having just a huge man like Dallas Goddard to throw the ball up to, I think is an advantage. Um, And he's a little bit better after the catch than some of these other guys. That's one thing you have to look at with tight ends. Who are the guys you can just go out and make some plays? I, I think Goddard has the ability to, to do that, to make some plays. We've seen some some solid weeks out of him. Now that Zach Ertz is in Arizona, and that actually leads me to my next guy, which is Zach Ertz. And I will say this, it is dependent upon Kyler being healthy. Uh, if Colt McCoy continues to be the starting quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals much longer. Do not start Zach Ertz when his quarterback is Colt McCoy. I don't think that that is a good idea, but if we do see Kyler come back, uh, we saw it the very first week that Ertz was there, uh, had 66 yards and a score at tight end, 66 yards and a score is fantastic. I think that he'll continue to learn and know that offense a little bit better and just be the shiny new toy and I do think that he'll rise up the list. I really want to pick Pat Fryermuth. I just don't know if I believe that he's going to keep getting six, seven targets a game. Definitely not going to score three times in three weeks. Like he has the last three weeks. Um, but if he does it, if for no other reason, then he has one of the greatest names in professional sports. The Friermuth, uh would be, would be fun to see as well.
0: And the Fryermuth was my honorable mention. Again, I don't think it's going to be sustainable. I know I picked two Steelers back to back in Deontay and Fryermuth, but he is the sh- like you mentioned. Zach Ertz is the shiny new toy for Kyler. Fryermuth is the shiny new toy for Ben. And literally, if you if you watch the games and they actually drop back to pass, he looks at Deontay, sees that he's not open, and then he looks at Fryermuth and that's that's, that's- you
1: can't avoid him. He's yeah. six
0: five two seven. He's a, he's a big fella. And shout out to Sam. Tecmo bro, Sam on the show took him right in front of me in a dynasty startup like a jerk, but that's okay. We, we persevere and I got Chuba Hubbard instead, which okay. Consolation prize, but Pat Fryermuth fun. If you watch him, he's so much better. He's a huge athletic guy. Look at the guys around him on this list. CJ Uzama, Jared Cook, Tyler Conklin. They're all fine, but they're not the athlete that Fryermuth is and, Given the circumstances, as he and Ben begin to build rapport, he very well could be the second pass catching option on the team right behind Deontay Johnson. So
1: he's a rookie this year, right?
0: Yeah, he's a rookie this year. doesn't feel yeah. like it, right?
1: Yeah, no, so one he reminds me a little of, and we'll see uh, if that happens and we see the breakout next year. I get some George Kittle vibes out of that man.
0: Yeah. He's really good after the catch. If you watch his stuff, like super sure on his feet really clean, just big bodied dude. Uh, I like it. I like it a lot. And I wish, I wish I had him on my team, but alas.
1: Yeah, you know, no, yeah, that, that'd be cool. Um, no, last night was the first chance I kind a chance to watch him and I hate making a pick like that based on seeing a guy one time. Um, he's just kind of been under the radar for me. And uh, I don't know a ton about Mr. Fryermuth. but like I said, one of the best names in professional sports, the holy fryer mouth. Um, And I, uh, I hope the best for him. We'll see. We'll see what happens the rest of the year.
0: Well, that was our midseason positional breakdown. I, you know, let us know what you think, who you think could either fall out, jump in, or who surprised you in this lovely 2021 fantasy football season that we have been. I want to thank you again for joining us. Do you have anyone you want to shout out or anyone you want to say hi to?
1: Man, I think, uh, I think I'm think i going to have to pass on shouting anybody out because I didn't watch any football this weekend, so no one deserves a shout out. Had to do other things in my life, but uh, I will always say anytime I'm on a podcast talking about football, Cowboys forever, Eagles for never. Thanks for having me on, Andy. It's always a blast.
0: We appreciate it, Ben. And like us on Twitter. Make sure you follow us to find out when the shows are dropping. That is at Tecmo Bros, T-E-C-M-O Bros, just to get all the latest updates. Once again, I was Andy. We had Ben on the show. We'll catch you guys next week.